I can get lost if I'm not careful thinking that my life is my own. I have my own plans. I have things that I like to do. And those things are good and beautiful. But they're not mine, are they? They are on loan. I used to <laughs> I used to love to listen to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> and he would He would always say speaking from behind the golden EIB microphone with talent on loan from God. And that is actually a very profound statement, isn't it? Everything that we have is on loan from God. It's why we have the stories in the gospel about those who uh, those who are good keepers of what is entrusted to them. The parable of the, the talents, the parable of the king who was going away and he gave his servants things to look after while he was gone. And they all speak of what is it that is required of me? And so, if I'm not careful, I can get lost in the idea that I can do what I want as long as I'm not hurting anyone. I have my own desires. There are things that I love to do. Places that I love to be. And all these things are wonderful. They're beautiful. God gives them to us ungrudgingly and very generously. But he wants us to remember one thing. You are not your own. As St. Paul tells us, you have been purchased and purchased at a great price. Therefore, whatever I choose to do with my life, Perhaps I must first say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with my life? And am I doing the right thing? This is clearly marked out for us in the debates and the, that we have of um, the rights of a woman's body when we speak of abortion. I can do what I want with my body. Don't be interfering with me and my body because it's mine and I can do what I want. And it sounds good on the surface because it appears that way. But the truth is, not one of us has our own thing. I was thinking about my car. 
I love my little car. And I have to remind myself not to talk about my little car, because it's not mine. I went ahead to the dealer, and I found a car that I really liked. And uh, it got paid for, and, well, it didn't get paid for. The bank still has it. But I was thinking, everything about this car that I so often say is mine is not mine at all, is it? You know who it belongs to? All of you and the rest of the people of the diocese. It's like what the commander said in uh, Top Gun when he's telling Maverick, you don't own that plane, the taxpayers do. Son, you're writing checks that your ego can't cash. And that is true. When I, I enjoy this car very much, and whenever I look at it, whenever I drive it, whenever I enjoy it, I think this is a gift from the people of the Diocese of Nashville. They pay my salary. Heck, I'm still trying to figure out why they pay me a salary. They take care of everything for me. And they still give me a paycheck. What's wrong with this picture? But it's a gift. It's a gift from everyone. So I want you to know that when I enjoy my car and when I drive it, I thank God for all of you. For you are the ones who bought my car for me. And this is the same with everything that we are. Through the sacrament of baptism, I am made a son of the living God. How can that happen? It's all God. It's all God. Because he chose to adopt me as his son. <clears throat> and the, the strange part about that is that he already knew me. And he still did it. He is my father. I am his beloved son. As screwed up as I may be at times, I am still his son. Just like my dear dad, all the times that he had to discipline me because I was kind of screwed up, maybe a little more than kind of. And being the man that he is, and knowing that God had given him his seven children as a gift and belongs to him because there was no chance. Each one of the Baltrus children was given to Don and Helen Baltrus specifically. It wasn't like God had someone and he needed a parent for it. 
So he looked around and he said, well, these folks don't have anything. Let's give them this child. Oh, no. No, each one of us was picked specifically to be the precious son or daughter of our parents. Whether our parents were good parents or bad parents or everything in between, that really doesn't matter because it was God who orchestrated the whole thing. So when we hear Jesus speaking of if you don't love me more than your father or mother, if you don't love me more than your children, you are not worthy of me. There was a, um, when I lived in another place, there was a family who lost their little one, drowned in the pool in the backyard. And as you can imagine, they were devastated. And you know what mom learned about that? She said, this precious one was never mine. He belonged to God. And God allowed me to take care of her for the short time that we had her. And this is so true. And so the bottom line is, I must love Jesus more than anything or anyone. Now I know that theoretically in my mind, but am I willing to truly live that? Am I willing to say, I owe everything to Jesus? The truth of his love is that it is for every person who ever lived and ever will live. Jesus Christ, who is the truth, who is the life. What's the third one? Thank you. The way. Would you please come up and finish the homily? I'm getting a little lost here. Thank you. And so the reason for our Lord telling us what he did in the gospel today was to bring us back to reality so that I do not live under this misconception that I am my own, so that I do not keep living mistakenly thinking that I'm the one who runs my life. I may think that I do, but truth be known, I am just here for the ride, as are you, as are each one of us. Our precious Lord loves us with a love that is so great that we cannot even imagine what it's like. You know how we know love? 
We know love through our parents, through our family, through those who truly love us. And it is a beautiful love. It is a love that comes from heaven. But always remember that the love that we experience in this life, however beautiful and powerful it is, is a mere shadow of the love that your heavenly Father has for you. You are so precious in his eyes that he allowed his son to become one of us, to be tortured, crucified, hated, and despised by the very people he came to save. It's hard to to fathom. I would say it's impossible to fathom. But it exists, and it is true. Our Lord has told us that it is. So if I ever find myself highfalutin, as they say, and thinking what a wonderful job I'm doing with my life. Stop and spend time alone with God and ask him to show us the truth. I am nothing, but in the eyes of my heavenly Father, who is so in love with me. I am everything. And nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. You are loved and you are loved forever. As the sign says, whether you like it or not, you are loved. And this is why we celebrate in the holy sacrifice of the Mass the consecration of bread and wine that becomes the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Same thing that happened at the Last Supper. The Church teaches us that at every Mass we are there. We are receiving Jesus Christ in all of his glory. May I never, ever, ever, when I come up to receive Holy Communion, take the host and then just go back to what I'm doing as if it's something that I just do at Mass. When I take that host, I am consuming the one who came from heaven in order to save me, to bring me life, to forgive me of my sins. And the one who loves me in a way that I will never, ever understand. May the Lord open my eyes to see that holy communion is the reception 
of the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and the one to whom all of my allegiance belongs. <laughs>